There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Alts in Our Stars. That is the name of the show. My name is Chris Payne. I host this podcast every week for Billboards.com where I have a conversation with someone in the world of alternative music, and this week it's an artist who goes by the name of Shamir. His debut album, Ratchet, came out last year, and some some of my most listened to tracks of the year were actually on that one. If you're new to Shamir, full name Shamir Bailey, by the way, I'd suggest checking out a song called Vegas, another one called on the regular, but first, you should listen to our talk here. He came by the Billboard office last week, and I had a blast talking to him about all sorts of things growing up in Las Vegas, uh, the really unique style and personality that he worked in high school, and how he really came into his own with music he released a little later after graduating. He's still only 21, just wrapped a few dates opening for Duran Duran, which we talked about. Um, I was saying to him how I was bummed I couldn't make any of those, but I caught him playing a midnight set at Coachella last week, and it was a blast. So, yeah, there you go. I hope you enjoy this episode really as much as I enjoyed doing it. About the podcast, we have a new episode every Friday to subscribe and hear old episodes. We've had artists like Churches, Chairlift, Yesay are on recently. Search for The Alt in Our Stars on iTunes or in the podcast app on your phone. Uh, and finally, if you're on billboards.com, you can click the link towards the bottom of the article in the story you're reading right now. And also, if you enjoy the podcast, love getting feedback. It helps either way. A star rating on iTunes helps so, so much with everything we do here. So basically, all I have to say, here it is. Shamir on the Alton Art Stars. This is, this is big time right now. This is Shamir Bailey on the arena tour with Duran Duran. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm doing that. I, I mean, I, yeah, doing, yeah, doing it, did it, got a lot behind me. It's great. So you're playing tonight at Barclays Center. Mm-hmm. How many dates have you done so far on this tour? <sighs> okay. North Carolina, two in Florida, seven altogether. So this is the seventh one? No, this is the eighth one. So we did seven. This is the eighth one. Oh my god. It feels crazy. This honestly didn't feel like that. But it's it's been cool. It's definitely been, you know, the biggest venues I've ever played. This has been like a whole crazy like arena run. Like 
that's that's like one thing that I can like write off my resume now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know about the Killers Vegas, and we'll talk about that too. But with the Duran Duran run you're doing right now, I guess it's maybe going by fast just because it's so exhilarating, and it's like, oh my god, this is crazy, and then it's like it's over. I mean. Yeah, I don't want to think about it being over. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't want this to end. I mean, pretty much. We had so much fun. The guys have been, like, so cool. And, like, I don't know. It's, like, and it's also just, like, what I like about tour, it's, like, when it's, like, something new and different, you know? And, you know, I toured a lot last year, but it kind of felt, started to, like, turn into, like, the same thing, the same clubs and, like, you know the same like vibes and i think this is something new for me and like this is like a new way for me to like i don't know i guess express myself because it's like you know a bigger place so you have to like stretch yourself out even more yeah just a whole new way of connecting with an audience yeah totally totally especially since they can barely see you so you really have to like connect with your voice <laughs> yeah and there's just so many different levels. Like, it, it must look that way when you're out on stage seeing the pit people right in front of you. First level, upper, upper level, just, like, that you can, far no, reach. Not even. You only see the people in front of you. It's too dark to even see past oh, that. Okay. Which is kind of cool, too. You know? But you still have to think about those people that you can't see, you know? <laughs> yeah, because, like, whenever I'm in the crowd, I always think, oh, it's nice when the artist on stage is like, Oh, shout out to the people in the back row. It's usually like this, like the last quarter of the set when they think to do that. So they really can't see them, I guess. You know what? First of all, it's a really good idea. And that's something that I have not done yet. Also, too. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> just <laughs> offering really different ways that. to connect. Yeah. No, thank you. See, just like I said, it's all a learning process. So, yeah. Also, too, but like by the time I'm on, it's like not that many people in the back. So it still kind of feels intimate enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and also it's probably just a new challenge connecting with people who, most of which I would guess, like it's a Duran Duran show for them. So like, it's just probably you know a lot of people who aren't so familiar with your music. Yeah, that's the that's the main thing. Like you know, obviously it's an older crowd, and um, you know their hearts are set on Duran Duran. So whenever I can like win it, like anyone over, and like whenever anyone like it, and especially since I feel like you know, um. Even just the way that I write my songs, the the language is so of the times, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, if it can still like transcend over to, you know, all these, you know, like thirty years plus Duran Duran fans, then it makes me feel like I'm doing something right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because when I when I saw the tour get announced that you were opening on that, and with Sheik Nile Rogers too, yeah, I was just like, wow, like. This makes so much sense. Like yeah. all like generations of like funky dance, good time music together. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just been like a hood. Like everyone's just like obviously already super down and like turn up. So it's great. Have you turned up with Duran and Nile and Sheik? Uh, not so much. Um, I've talked to uh, Nile a bit and he's the sweetest also. Um and his band is like insane too. They're like the sweetest, and um, and their backup singers are also like really insane. Like their voices, just like the range is like crazy. Yeah. So very inspiring. Like looking out and seeing this going on. It's like yeah. Yeah, I I would say it's inspiring. 
I don't know. I don't even know how to process it yet, actually. <laughs> right. I bet. Yeah. God. It's just kind of like, honestly, just like, you know, it's the first time really, you know, doing this and kind of learning that, um, you know, with the arena tour, there's a lot more to worry about. So it's kind of like not so much stressing, but kind of just like worrying about getting on stage. And then when I'm on stage, worry about performing. And then when I'm off stage, worrying about eating slash napping. Yeah. <laughs> you know and then like once like you know everything's done like you're in your bus and you're going to the next place and you're like oh that was fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah man were you like the first one were you nervous um no i don't really get nervous um yeah i never get nervous i never had expectations um with any kind of show gig performance anything because, um, I mean, I don't think you really should have expectations for anything. I think you should only focus on, you know, putting on a good show. And that's that's all I focus uh-huh. on. And, like, work and, like, see what I can work with and work with what I have, you know. Like, if there's something I climb on, I'll climb on it. You okay. know, like, just kind of, like, fill out the stage first. That's really all yeah. I do. Learn your surroundings. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, I would guess that mindset comes from just starting playing shows in vegas that probably weren't very big and you're not going to have crazy expectations for that so it's probably that kind of artistic mindset i mean kind of i mean that's i've only ever played two shows in vegas oh really yeah at least it's shamir okay um Um, when i had my band um we still only had played a few and yeah those are like you know obviously smaller but yeah i just honestly didn't have that much show experience before i started like you know doing the solo project in general so you know anything that i do with every tour is going to be a learning experience so cool yeah because i'm just thinking of like wow i can picture say me reading reading something i wrote to a club room of people versus like going out and reading that to what barclays center is like and like wow i'd be very nervous so it's kind of like wow you're not nervous at all that's that's awesome yeah, I don't know. I don't. Don't let me make you nervous. <laughs> I don't be like you know. You should be nervous about this. No, it, no, it's crazy because like I don't get nervous about anything unless I have something to be nervous about. But if everything's going smoothly, like it's something for me to be nervous about. I think if anything, I get more anxious to hmm. just like actually get on stage and just like get it over with. And um, I deal with that anxiety like almost every show, like. We like waiting backstage and like oh we want to like at this time and like can we go on, like two minutes before like I just like want to get out you know yeah squeezing an extra song yeah or something God knows so you're <laughs> never you're never even like when you're headlining these these arena shows you're not going to be the person who's coming on like thirty five minutes late bring up that anticipation you're going to be out there that sounds like the worst thing ever first and <laughs> foremost like. No, that that's not that's not me. Also, too, I have like nothing else better to do. I kind of have, I kind of don't really have a life. So <laughs> this is like my life. So, <laughs> so you, have you mostly just been on the road since Ratchet came out last year? Yeah, and even some before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got my first like a substantial amount of time off, um, last December for about like two months, and um. Yeah, that was like super weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like 
I guess I should have a life now. Yeah, and it was just like people to hang out. Yeah, it was like very and also had moved to a new place. Yeah. Um, and it was just very, I know, shocking, and but also at the same time, it gave me time to like actually put together a home outside of touring because I didn't have a home. You know, I just kind of like got snatched up at a very young age and was just touring mm-hmm. and. You know, now that you know, I have a home and a dog and like things, I have like something to actually look forward to after tour, which is like something I didn't have last year, which is really cool. Okay. And you said you moved out, so this home's not in Vegas? No, no, no. no. I'm in Philadelphia now. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How's Philly? I, I, You're like, that should have been Philly. my real home, honestly. I love it there. It's, it's like I cannot complain because um, I because you know I lived in New York for a bit and I loved it and everything but you know New York kind of like lacks the chill factor <laughs> okay yeah that I kind of yeah. you know long for Point coming taken. from like you know North Las Vegas that's New North Las Vegas where it's like you know you can't really hear a peep unless you go towards the strip um, and I feel like uh, like Pennsylvania I guess Philadelphia kind of has like a combination of both you know like there's a place and time to turn up out there, but it's also like when you're home, like you don't have to worry about other craziness, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, so you moved out, you're what, 21 now? I'm 21, yeah. Okay. So you have been in Philly just like since recently, and then you lived in New York for a little. So you moved out of Vegas when you were younger. Yeah, yeah. I moved out, well, I didn't actually move out of Vegas, um... When I moved to New York, I just moved to New York for three months to work on an album. And, um, yeah, didn't really have plans to, like, stay in New York um, full-time anyways unless I liked it. And I did like it, but it's just, like, just like I said, and also, too, I didn't want to deal with the winter. So I recorded um, the album Fall of 2014 from October to, like, December 2014. And then, like, at the end of December, I went back to Vegas and... um, lived there got an apartment there and everything and um yeah this i can count on my hands how many times i was in that apartment okay. <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah i was just like touring all all last year and everything and the lease went up and i was like even homeless for a bit it was just like on the road the mm. whole time and then yeah and then last december um I was like, hey, I'm going to have, like, two months off. I'm going to decide where I live. You know, I can, like, live anywhere where I want to live. And I just, Philly was kind of a no-brainer because it's close enough to New York for me to, you know, record and, you know, do other things. And it's also, like, where my label's office is. And, but also, like, I manage a band from Philly also. So, I'm like, I literally live five blocks away from them. And, uh, yeah, it was just, everything just fell into place. Cool. So, want to ask a little more about Vegas, where you're from and growing up? But you know what? Let's play some music so people can hear a little bit of the the music. Uh, let's let's do Vegas. Play a little <laughs> bit of Vegas. Come and play. There's no play. You would rather be old than Vegas. 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 The sun is alright. At least at night. That one just 
really enjoy that one is the album opener. It gives me this sense of like, so you're in a car with friends probably. You're like driving in for the night and like you're just starting to see like the outer city limits of Vegas. Maybe some like billboards for shows that are happening and it's like Vegas, Vegas. And it's like that's that's what I get from that song. <laughs> um, yeah, I think <laughs> the funny thing about that song is um, I, I barely even wrote that song. That song was actually um, mostly written by my aunt. I sent her the original um, instrumental demo, and she was she's a songwriter too. But she like you know mostly does it for fun or anything. Like it's not like her main job, but she she always liked to songwrite for as long as I can remember. And um, she was like, "Shamir, I want to write a song for you." And I was like, "No, I want to write my own album." But um, she heard the track and she just loved it. So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna give her a chance." But I was like, "I'm gonna throw it away anyway." But I loved it, and um, she wrote both of the verses, and she was like, I'm having problems with the chorus, and I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Let's just repeat Vegas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, boom, done. And and um, and then I wrote, like, the little end bridge um, where I go, um, you can go to the city of sin and get away without hell, but if you're living in the city, or get away without bell, but if you're living in the city, are you ready to hell? And that was like a line that I think me and a lot of people that um, live in Vegas, I wouldn't even say ra- raised in Vegas, but even live in Vegas, struggle with because it seems like a lot of um, the money doesn't go back into the community. Mm-hmm. It goes back into the strip and the strip is for tourists to enjoy. So it's like, what do locals do? And whenever my friends or anyone or like, you know, anyone be like, yo, I'm in Vegas. What do I do? And I was like, go to the strip. They're like, outside the strip. And I'm like, I don't know, look at cactuses or, <laughs> or like, Just wander get, around the desert. Get, get, get chased by a tumbleweed, which has happened multiple times to me. It's like, it's like, it's, like, it's not much to do. So I think, um, it's definitely where my source of creativity come from because, you know, when you're growing up there, you have to get creative because, you know, there's not much to do and there's definitely not much to do if you're under 21. So. Yeah, what was it like? Because, I mean, you're just 21 now. Mm-hmm. When you were living in Vegas and, like, starting out with some music and writing, was it really hard to find things to do and to party and to, like, get into certain venues? What was that like? Yeah, I mean, we couldn't get into venues outside of, like, the, like the more major, bigger ones on the Strip that are all ages. But those are usually, like, you know, like, big pop stars play there or whatever. And... You know, I'll go there sometimes. Um, really wasn't until the Cosmopolitan opened up and they had the pool venue, which is probably one of the smallest venues um, for the strip, at least, because it's also a pool and it's really cool and everything. And they start having more like smaller independent acts play. And like that's where I saw like Waves and um, Dick Marin and Diamonds play there. But other than that all of the like more indie bands played on downtown Mm -hmm. and they usually played in bars and one of the biggest bars out there for that is like 
the beauty bar and then like Mike DeMarco played there bleach like a lot of like you know the punk bands that I love and rock bands that I love but it's 21 and over and can like never get in and it's like really sad there's also a place out there called the bunkhouse saloon which I tried to sneak into to see those darlings me and my friend and they actually put us on the list and we thought that we can get in because the event was actually outside and they still denied us. We were like, we we're mm. not even trying to go in the bar. We just want to see the band. They're like, no, it was really sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember either interviewing or hearing stories about Panic at the Disco, like when they were first starting in Vegas about playing shows and then just having to leave the venue because they were too young because they started at like 17. Yeah. I mean, my first show ever um, with my first band, Anorexia, which was a train wreck in general, but um, it was even worse because we were playing this like really, really rowdy bar um, at 16. 16 baby, like 16 year olds, baby face. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah. We were playing and we like completely froze and we're like scared and it was like a hot mess. And on top of that, like, like no one cared how old we were. They were booing us and like probably nearly <laughs> threw stuff at us. It was. It was like they didn't care, and yeah, and it was just like crazy that they even let us play. And I think we had to leave afterwards too. Also, now that I remember, it's hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Crazy. So where you grew up was it like to give me a sense for this because I've actually never been to Vegas. Was it like in the city or is it like a suburb outside the city? See, the thing is, everybody likes to call Vegas a city, but it's like not a city. Mm, <laughs> At a strip and like oh, burbs. Exactly. Okay, that's all it is. That's all it is. There's huh. it's all flat land and the, like desert and yeah. There's no there's like there's no city where people live in. <laughs> Yeah, wow. So I can definitely start to see how there's kind of this this like barrier maybe this between just like the sinful culture of Vegas, all that stereotypical shit, and then just suburban life and yeah. families. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's really it's weird. And also too like you know, within the locals since there's not like much to do or not much going on it's relatively a really safe place um and i didn't realize that until i moved to new york or like i spent a lot of time in la and like other places um that are real cities 
and you watch the local news and it's like oh my god so much is happening <laughs> like locking the doors like you're like scared i'm like oh my mm. god you know like stuff doesn't really pop off like that despite you know i guess like certain mobsters or whatever but like if they're fine then everything is fine <laughs> and that's i think one of the biggest misconceptions of vegas is like a normal as like suburban place full of mormons too like come on yeah did you like grow up with lots of mormons oh yeah my school is like pretty much a mormon temple <laughs> okay because <laughs> most of the rock bands that i'm familiar with from vegas like mm-hmm. neon trees the killers mm-hmm. members of them like were brought up mormon yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah i'm probably like the only one i would think about it um but yeah, my school uh, was super Mormon. All my friends were like Mormon. They had like a Mormon mass every morning in the library. The principal was Mormon. It was a public school. Wow, and they had mass in the library. Yeah. Wow. Just right with the Pledge of Allegiance. Well, no, it was just for the Mormon kids because they can't like make us do it. Yeah, okay. Because I grew up Muslim, so. Okay. Um, that was like before class. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was like, but it was still like a very, um, like well mixed diverse school though mm-hmm. of like all like races and everything. I think that's, that was the cool thing that I loved about North Las Vegas is that North Las Vegas is probably the most diverse part of Vegas. Um, cause like the West side of Vegas, like Summerlin, everything gets a little bit more bougier which like it's a little bit more whiter and then the east side of vegas is like literally little mexico so okay yeah so aside from the religion thing and, and with the school it seems like you felt like you fit in mm, no <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um didn't have many friends in high school i talked to like the same like four people at my high school but my two best friends Actually, my three best friends, because also my bandmate and anorexia, they all went to the school across the tracks um, called Mojave. And so they were like my best, best, best friends. So I would just like see them every weekend or after school all the time. And I had a few friends like at school or whatever. But mostly that was like the only place that I would talk to them at. And like I was like never like bullied or anything, which is like a lot of people would like think because I was like, you know, like really skinny and awkward or whatever. But um, mostly because I was just, like, kind of, like, an introvert. So I didn't really, like, talk to everyone. But everyone kind of, like, knew me or knew of me because of either, oh, he, like, does music and he sings or he dresses really crazy, which is, like, is mostly usually because he dressed really crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much everyone knew me of because they were just, like, how is he going to do his hair today? How is he going to dress today? Because I was, like, like, dress like a whole theme each day like my hair was never the same every day my outfit was always like com- a completely different vibe or whatever I never really had like one style or deal going on you know so, one per day I'm yeah because my hair like when I had my dreads um as most people know it uh, or knew it as was when I had like the whole like dread high top thing okay and that was just one of the hairstyles that I had. I just got lazy after I graduated and just kept on doing that because I couldn't do that like in three seconds. But 
I used to change it all the time. Like I used to like Mickey Mouse ears or a bow or something. I feel like I would have wanted to be your friend. You should. You just. De- it's like you deserve more friends. Here's the thing. Um, I felt like that too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I'm gonna be quiet, but come here and be my friends. No, I'm cool. No, actually, I didn't feel like that. I just felt like it was. Vegas is such a white bread type place, especially going to a school where it's like a lot of Mormons and everything. No one really like wants to stand out like being individuals, like not actually cool. Whereas like once I like actually got out of Vegas and realized that like people actually like like and accept individuality. Um, Vegas wasn't really like that. Like everyone wore the same things. Everyone looked the same. Everyone talked the same. Everyone listened to the same music and everything. You know, like people used to like look at me crazy when I like walk into class and like at like Lydia lunch like blasting in my ears. And uh, it wasn't until I moved to Philadelphia where, um, you know, I started like seeing other kids my age or even like younger and like they're like fighting to like be weirder. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Like, what is it? What are you guys doing? Like, that that doesn't riot in Vegas. And also, too, just, like, moving to, like, always feeling, like, the odd one out or, like, really weird or whatever. And, like, moving to New York and realizing not only am I not weird, but I'm also kind of basic. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, like, it just really showed me how, like, white bread, straightforward Vegas is. Yeah, it's funny. I, I know exactly what you're talking about with, like, that scale of basicness and how going from a suburb, like, I'm from New Jersey, and going from a suburb to certain part New York and then certain parts of New York, like going to Williamsburg or something, mm-hmm. just how how crazy you can get two ends of the spectrum. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I don't know. And I think, if anything, I kind of... I was like kind of shocked by how much me not really caring what everyone thing rubbed off on some of the other students. Like I was like very shocked when they voted me best dressed. I thought it was a joke. I was like, you guys used to always make fun of my outfits. Like (laughs) what just happened? Like I honestly thought it was like a carry situation going to happen. Like they're going to like spill like pig's blood on me. But after that happened, that's when I kind of like realized that you know, people are hungry for, you know, something unique and something different. It's boring seeing the same thing every day. And you definitely get that all the time in Vegas. It's like we could vote for that guy who wears the polo shirt every day, the girl wearing Literally, the that's who I was up against. <laughs> and he was the class president, too. That's why I thought it was a joke. I was up against the class president, the senior class president. And, like, still voted me best dress. And I used to, like, wear crazy thrifted outfits. Wow, that's pretty mean how they pit one-on-one for each title. It's cutthroat. I mean, it's it was really cute how they did it, too. It was always a thing that our school did that was called Grammy Night. And they hand out each, like, superlative, um, like, in Grammy. And everyone would come dressed up as a famous person that they look like. And um, I didn't have many choices, so I had to go as Tracy Chapman. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I sang talking about a revolution. <laughs> Don't you know you want to run, 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 talking about a revolution? <laughs> Man, one of my roommates left that LP, the one with like Fast Car on it. Yeah, I've been getting into that lately. Oh, it's such a good album. Just like such left it by album. the record player. So good. So good. Love her. Let's play some more of your music. 
what do you think we should drop in? Um, no. Um, I mean, I guess call it off. So we'll call it off. Yeah. So do you have a name for your fans? Um, not really. I mean, we've tried, but it's not really working. Some some of them go by Shaqueers, which I kind of like. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, we don't really have a don't really have a name. Hot messes. Hot messes. Maybe ratchets or ratcheteers. You've talked about baby ratchets too. Baby, I do. I actually do call my young fans baby okay. ratchets all the time. Yeah, that is a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you've talked a lot about like not really feeling like you conform to either gender, and do you feel like that's like very empowering for a lot of your fans? Yeah, totally. I think, especially when you're like young, mm-hmm. you know, like I remember just like you know, just like I said, luckily, even though Vegas is like a white bread type town, um. I was lucky enough to, like, go to, like, a really cool school where it was, like, really diverse in a way. So no one really picked on me for being, like, picked on me hard for being weird. Like, you know, they'll say something or whatever. But I never got, like, beat up or, like, you know, really, really, really bullied. Especially if you don't, like, do anything to anyone. But I realized that, like, you know, in certain places, people get picked on for being different, you know, in, like, any aspect or any form. And so I think... Yeah, I think it is, like, great for me to have had that experience as a younger age. So now that I'm older and, you know, people are, like, I guess, looking up to me, I have that confidence because I don't, I don't even think I would have been able to, you know, be, like, really honest with myself and everything if I didn't grow up in a place that gave me the space for it, you know? So... Yeah, that is really important for me to, like, you know, let my fans know to, like, really be themselves and, you know, you don't have to conform to any kind of binary, whether it be gender or or color, sexuality, anything, honestly. Yeah, like, for the kids, it could be, like, going beyond just avoiding the bullying, actually giving them someone to look up to, like, not just not just like avoiding bad things but actually having like a positive thing like like empowerment yeah but it's also too the things that you have to take in consideration which is what i really took for granted you know like i'm i'm a rare case where i was like yeah i didn't care what anyone thought and i wore what i wanted and did what i did and like people actually accepted it and liked it you know where it's like that's not everyone's case and I always just kind of thought that, like, oh, yeah, if you be really honest and true to yourself and, like, blah, 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 then everyone will accept it and you'll be cool. And it's, like, I more recently, you know, hearing other people's stories and how where other people grow up and, like, how, you know, how they grew up and, like, hearing that it's really different. And, like, you know, these kids are, like, really getting really bullied, you know. And it's just not that easy to be yourself. So at the very least, you know, it's good to at least kind of like 
be someone that they can at least kind of live through until mm-hmm. they get to a point where they can be 100% themselves. Yeah. I feel like on the regular is a good introduction to so just like your whole persona. Yeah. I think on the regular is like literally honestly like having a conversation with me. <laughs> that's I mean that's kind of what like the verses are. Yeah, honestly. It's like really funny and it's like I wrote it, the song like really quick and um it's just like a really fun thing that I didn't think twice about and didn't think anyone would take seriously. <laughs> and it's maybe the most popular song on the album. Maybe the most well known. Yeah. I think it is. <laughs> it's the jam. I mean, I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I think of how with and you even kind of rap on the song, but with a lot of rappers they'll have like a lead debut single on their first full length that kind of introduces the persona and what they're about. And for you it kind of serves that purpose. Oh totally. Totally. Yeah. I think you see like like I think on the regular has always been like a weird thing for me because like it kind of especially for it been like my first single it kind of like threw people off they're like is he a rapper or a singer and then they buy the album and it's like but he's not rapping anymore and so that's why I feel like kind of like throws people off but I think what I do like about that being like my first single and and just like everything about the song is that it is a like having a conversation with me and shows off like a lot of my personality and it's the fact that my first single is actually like a rap song but the rest of the album is like not rap just kind of like shows how much of an asshole I am too <laughs> and so that's what I like about it <laughs> shows what an asshole you are I mean pretty much because <laughs> I mean that's that's always kind of like been my thing as a solo artist because I never wanted, I don't like to be the center of attention. I never wanted to be a solo artist and think, oh, I'm a solo pop star. And like everyone You've like been in bands. Before. Bands. Yeah. And like, I've always like kind of like, that's why I have a live band now. I always like love the whole band vibe. And so I said, like, if I'm going to do this solo career thing, I'm not going to have people get comfortable to just like one thing. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to keep people on their toes as far as like what they expect from me content wise because it's like (laughs) you know it's just me like I have like I have no one else to like really answer to like you know so I might as well just like have fun and like do what I want to do at the time that I feel and like be completely honest and like kind of almost make my albums and music like a diary and like a point of where I am in my life yeah let's play some on the regular (laughs) This is me on the regular, so you know. This is me on the regular, so you know. I come with you know, mixing a little bit of rap and starting to get a feel for what your sense of what music you're into. seems like you just don't really care too much about this is a genre, this is a genre. You were just talking about the punk bands you like before. You're into a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always, and that's another thing, I think, like growing up in Vegas and, you know, with there not really, you know, being much of a music scene, there aren't 
scenes in general you know like how there's like you know you can like look at the kids who listen to metal and tell that they listen to metal by the way they dress look and blah 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 and the punk kids and the indie kids and the blah 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 like that's not what my school looked like everyone looked the same Mm -hmm. and so when I listen to music I never really listen to music to kind of like really find an identity or a group of people where I fit fit in with I just listen to music and not really thought about the people who listen to it I just always just like like music for what it was so music to me always kind of or I guess genre to me always kind of really as I always say been a tool and not really a confine like it just yeah I just always kind of like mixing and bouncing and going outside of the lines as opposed to just like this is what I do and I'm gonna stick to it that's really boring to me yeah, I get a lot of that sense from your Twitter. I think you do a really good job of like shouting out what you like on there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. fingers. Twitter's great right now. I'm like really obsessed with a band that I just saw in Austin after South by. Okay. <laughs> like after South by, because it's been actually out there, and um, it's like a local um, Austin band that's been going at it for years but they're releasing like an lp on merge records they're called the giant dog and i'm just like obsessed i'm just like bought out like their band kept catalog and like preparing mm-hmm. myself for the album yeah <laughs> it's amazing they're amazing obsessed and what's the band that you manage um they're called joy again and uh they just released their first single on um lucky number and Europe and the UK and um, Mermaid Ave in America and yeah they've been doing really well they I was actually in South by for them for their showcases and everything and yeah what is it like being a manager like where did you I know it can just be a whole lot of different things but where did you pick up on those skills and like wearing that hat going from like artists to like I'm gonna manage you didn't even work like that and I still don't know what I'm doing so <laughs> it's it, just yeah it was just one of those things it's like I love you guys and I just want to help as yeah. much as possible and then it turns into you know people in the business hitting you up because they know that you're associated with them at mm. some in some way and they have no other contact yeah okay and then you're talking for them and then it just you just kind of get, I just got thrown into it pretty much, <laughs> but it's, it's been a cool learning experience though, you know, cause I definitely want to, you know, be more hands on the business side of things, you know, later on in life. So it's really good. Um, I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's been really good because I, when I was recording my album, I was like interning at, um, at XL too also. So I definitely love just like learning about you know every aspect of music also the business and you know creating it too okay yeah with with like managing them it yeah it does seem to me like usually those things happen very organically mm-hmm. and it's like you have like here's my resume online band management <laughs> hit me up yeah no i would never put that on my resume <laughs> I mean, I mean, they've been going really well. Maybe, maybe if they like really, really blow up, then I guess I can put that <laughs> on my resume. But as of right now, no, I'm like struggling. But 
struggling successfully. <laughs> yeah, but that's neat because I'm sort of piecing this together now. So you are like really interested in a good deal of parts of music besides just being the artist. Yeah, definitely. You know, also too, I'm just just like you said, I'm really passionate about new music and any way that I can help get good music and not only just good music out there but good music by good people i think that's i think like anyone okay i want to say anyone but anyone with you know musical talent could make good music or a good song but i think the people with good attitudes are the ones that last yeah and i really only try to share music by people that i know have good attitudes or feel like has or from what i've seen has good attitudes so I think those are the people that last. Yeah. And maybe getting, starting a label or an imprint, that seems like something that will work. Oh, yeah, definitely. I definitely hopefully see that in the future. That'd be really fun. So who knows? You know, like, I I mean, I've only, you know, been quote unquote Shamir for like <laughs> a year. And the fact that all this stuff has already come up, is just like insane. So yeah, I'm definitely trying to just take things one step at a time at this point. <laughs> yeah, although from talking to a lot of musicians, I think you have a lot more foresight and think about the future more than most. I definitely get that impression. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I've always kind of been that way. Not in a worrisome type way, but in a way where it's like I know there's a lot of things that I want to do in my life, and I try to make time for it pretty much not so much just like i'm planning for the future because you never know what's going to happen you know not not in that way it's just like yeah want to do a bunch of things you know i get bored easily i get bored easily so do you think because i can tell how like your family has helped out with with music from a young age do you think kind of how like with co-writing with your aunt do you think things like that and how they looked over you do you think maybe that's where some of your mindset comes from and wanting to help out other artists i think that but i think the biggest thing is it's like coming from a place where i had nowhere to turn to yeah uh when it came to my music even just to find a place to play at at the very least you know let alone like have someone hear your music or help you create your music or create the music that you wanted to create you know um so I just always kind of think about go back to that place where I just felt like super isolated and um I know a lot of you know musicians like definitely like get to that point where because like after, after a while like honestly before I released my EP I was just like okay whatever music is just a hobby and like that's all it ever really will be and, and music is st- and I still kind of like think of music and treat music like a hobby but it's also cool to know that yes it is possible for me to actually like live off my art mm-hmm. you know um and not just kind of like a pipe dream type thing yeah yeah and like what was I gonna say yeah, because I was just picturing just in, being from Vegas. Just, oh, he would have had, like, a ton of places to play. And just, like, even even before, like, you became Shamir 
and like getting the deal with Excel and putting out the album, I would have expected just like tons of things popping off in Vegas. But it's interesting to know now how like isolated and suburban things kind of were. Yeah, I mean, I probably would have got more gigs if I like was a top forty cover band, but yeah. <laughs> which like yeah, you can get a lot of gigs doing that, but like not so much for like original content. Yeah, unfortunately. If but I'm, also too, eventually, I, you know, definitely want to make Vegas a place, you know, for music because I know there's a lot out there, and I know there's a lot of people who feel the way that I do, and felt the way that I did. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, let's see, I think what time is? I think we're the, they're trying to kick us out. Okay. Uh, yeah, we should wrap up. Um, in like a couple minutes. Yeah. Could you tell me real quick about um? Could you tell me about the the Vegas show where you opens up the arena? Mm-hmm. That was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, I mean, I pretty much broke the stage, Terry. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think about being like the first band to play on this huge ass stage in your hometown, you know, and having the first song be called vegas yeah <laughs> you know um and it was just like a really cool feeling you know a few friends um i grew up with like from school and everything came and family was there obviously and it was just it was really surreal it really was and i wish i had more time to spend there to like you know savor it but you know we were in the middle of the random Duran tour so we were only there for a few hours but even in those few hours, it, it felt really good. And it felt really good to be back home for a second. And even though I was, like, mostly on the strip the whole time, it was, like, cool to, like, you know, walk up and down the strip and everything. Because even that's changed so much with, like, the new arena and even things around the arena. It's, like, new. Like, we have a Shake Shack now. <laughs> Shake Shack. Okay. You're coming along. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, thanks so much for stopping by. This was fun. No, thank you. Cool. I feel like I learned a lot about Vegas. <laughs> gotta make it out. I mean, you know, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta represent. So yeah, that's the show. Hope you enjoyed listening. As I mentioned to him, I was out at Coachella, and I recorded an episode of the Alton Our Stars out there that I'm very, very excited to share with you guys soon. Uh, won't say who it is, but if you look at my Twitter, I think you might be able to figure it out. That's at C Pain on a Plane, C P A Y N E O N A P L A N E. Hit me up if you have any sort of feedback, anything about the podcast, what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see more of on the show. Very interested to hear from all of you guys. So, yeah, uh, if you want to listen to old episodes, subscribe to the podcast, search the Alton R Stars and iTunes or in the podcast app on your phone, or like I said before, if you're viewing this podcast on billboard.com, just click the uh, the iTunes link towards the bottom of the story. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, until next week, until next Friday's episode, have a good weekend. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
everybody. Peace out.